everybody doing today? Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? How's everybody doing? Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning, everybody. Hey, last day of the month. All right, all right, all right. How's everybody doing, guys? It is Friday. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good morning, uh, Capital Chevrolet, WKXAM, here in Austin, Texas, live. Good morning, good morning. Looking good, looking good. Hope everybody's having a good morning so far. Hopefully everybody had a great weekend. Today is Friday. Who's ready to make it happen today? Raise your hand. All right, all right, guys. How you doing this morning? It is a beautiful, beautiful Friday. Good morning. All right, all right. Good morning, guys. Good morning, good morning. All right, all right. How's everybody doing? It is 10.01, guys, or 9.01, excuse me, your time. 10.01, my time. Woke up early this morning. Came up with uh, some, I think, some really, really good plans for, for this week. For this month, guys, super excited about what happened. Uh, Saturday, everybody showed up. Everybody did what they were supposed to do, and we were able to pull a, a good Saturday. A little scary at first uh, due to the fact that we did not have enough appointments, to be honest with you. We got to level up on those appointments, guys. I mean, we came in with 30 appointments, and it looked really, really scary for everyone. We were all stressing out, all the managers. We spent a lot of time on Friday in meetings. And our meeting took longer than what we expected. And then I decided, hey, let's go to lunch too on top of the long meeting. So that's probably not the best idea of mine as a leader. But don't worry, it, it, it wasn't the first time I had a bad idea nor the last time. But still, <laughs> we went to lunch and it took a long time. And, and anyway, so, but still, uh, all in all, we ended up with 50 used cars. I mean, excuse, excuse me, yeah, 50 used cars, 50 cars uh, on Saturday. And everybody performed actually almost close to 60, right, Lance? Because we had 29 and 28. I think that was the final numbers. Uh, so for those of you who are good with math, I think it was like 59 or something like that. So give it up for the Bravo teams, guys, that, I mean, think about it, guys. A, a bad day for us, a bad day for us now is 59. How crazy is that? That's, that, that is insane, guys. I mean, think about it. This, this dealership, uh, dealerships, you know, when we first started this, obviously there was not this many salespeople, this many managers, this much spend in advertising and all the things that we've done. But still, to take a dealership like this from selling maybe 15 on a, on, on a weekend to now we're selling, you know, close to 100 cars on a weekend or more, that's, that's incredible. And that's all a testament to you guys, to your hard work, to coming in, disciplined, dedicated, motivated, and ready to do whatever it takes to win, guys. And, and let me tell you something. The grind never stops. The grind never, that's what they call it, a grind, I think, because I think me and Colby looked it up the other day or, or maybe, oh no, that's what it was. He got me a sign from my office and it says grind. And do you remember what the thing it said right under grind, uh, Colby? Do you still have it? He's going to pull it up on his computer because he ordered it online for me. And it, and, it, and it, I never knew this because I always thought, okay, the grind is just to go after it, right? The grind is to go and work hard. But there was a word in that grind that I use all the time. And I'm like, I guess I am a grinder then because I've been calling myself. a. It says to perform repetitive tasks over and over in order to attain a goal. So consistency, guys, is the word that came to mind to perform a task over and over and over in order to perform a goal. So grinding is to perform a task or a process over and over and over in order to attain a goal. There you go, or perform a goal. So listen, it's just it's just amazing how consistency will get you there. Uh, I did a post this morning about Capital Capital. I think it's closing today, and it's officially and everything's done. And Berkshire Hathaway takes over it. And I just thought about like the way it looked like when I first walked in there in 2016. And Jim Miranda was there the day that I took over, and he remembers what it was before. 
and, and it wasn't a bad place, but what it became, it was just incredible. And, and, and if you think about it, it was all about the people. It wasn't about Alex. It wasn't like, oh, Alex, you're the man. No, no, no. It was consistency, training, everybody being bought in. So guys, we need to all come in together, seriously, and buy in. Buy in. I know I've told you this time and time again, that the greatest reward I've had for all the success that I've had in this business and all the places that I've been able to make an impact and a big difference, tremendous difference. Not just, hey, I came in and we sold more cars and Chevrolet said, hey, good job, Alex. You grew it 10, 20%, whatever, 30%. No, we're talking tremendous growth, tremendous a lot of people. Perhaps maybe would have never had this opportunities. And, and I can't tell you how many people that started with me that didn't even have money to buy a suit, didn't even have money to, to, to take care of their kids, maybe single mothers. And now I see these ladies and this man and, and all these big houses and, and they, they buy the home of their dreams and their kids go to private schools and, and they're able to do all the things and, and, and all the dreams that they ever had are, are coming possible. Some people started their own business. Ron Favis started his own you know, uh, food truck thing is doing well, Bonita. I mean, I can't tell you how many people that I know that took this and took it to new levels. So guys, be a part of this legacy, be a part of this amazing thing that we're doing. And I promise you, I promise you, your life is going to change. How many people here this morning feel like your life has already changed as it is right now? Raise your hand and listen, we're not done. We're not done. We're just barely getting started. We're just barely getting started. We're just getting started on this legacy. And I want this for everyone. I want this for everyone in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We've got a great team over there. We got some amazing people. I mean, seriously, guys, you guys have, have so much Jack and Mark and Aaron and Monty and Mike Chavez and Julian and Linda, man, amazing souls, amazing human beings that all they need is good leadership, good leadership. So leaders remember it is your responsibility. It's an honor to be able to lead these men and women. So carry yourself, conduct yourself like a leader. Act like a leader, speak like a leader. Lead by example, because these people are depending on you to be able to get to that next level. They're, they're watching you, they're trying to learn from you. So make sure guys that you're always, always on, 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 on your best behavior, that you're always, always thinking. You know, somebody told us yesterday, Robert Longting, uh, came to my house last night and I don't know, is he on the call? I don't know if I see him this morning. Uh, do you see him, Kobe? Okay. So Robert Longton came, uh, came over and, and we had this gentleman that, that I've known for a long time. He's a pastor out of San Antonio. He saw my billboard at, when I was at Seguin. He called me. He's like, Hey, I want to come meet you. And he came. And since then he became a good friend of mine. This man is full of wisdom. He's probably 70 years old or plus. And he's just a wise man is what I think when I sit down with him. And he told me and Robert yesterday, he said, as a leader, if you're not able to write it down, put it on paper, you should never say it out loud. There you go. So whatever it is that you're trying to, that you, if you're trying to lead a team, you want to do it with honor and respect. But anyway, guys, hey, listen, it is Monday morning. Uh, like we talked about the other day, we got five Saturdays this month. How exciting is that, guys? Five Saturdays this month. That is exciting. Last week, guys, we talked about a lot of things. We, we spent a lot of time together talking about what is it going to look like moving forward for, for the fourth quarter in our organization with new leadership, okay, with new ownership, with a new mindset, with us dressing more professional, with us paying better attention to the lot, with us 
doing the right thing. Guys, we're going to do the right thing. Moving forward, we're going to do the right thing, which I don't know about you, but for me, that's encouraging. For me, that's good. I want to be a part of, and I want to come to work to a place that I know people are going to do things ethically, morally, legally. Who's with me on that? Raise your hand if you're with me on that. Because that's that's I want to be a part of that. That makes me proud of that. That makes me imagine imagine playing for the Astros or the Patriots, right? And and saying, hey, yeah, we're winning, we're winning. But I don't know, man. We kind of done some things that we probably shouldn't have done that made us win. And hopefully Raymond's not on the call because he's a big Astros fan, okay? But but just reality, right? That. Listen, and, and listen, don't get me wrong. People are always going to hate on the winners. People are always going to hate and come up with reasons. So I know there's always two sides to the story, right? But either way, regardless, if, in, if, if indeed, which I don't know, by the, by the way, I don't know if it was true or not, what I heard. But if indeed that is, true, that's the, that is the truth, that takes all the credit away from us, right? If we know that we're winning, if we know that we're doing big things, but we're doing it the wrong way, then, hey, it didn't really matter because then, hey, well, they were doing it the wrong way. They were cheating. They were doing wrong things. They were not really doing what they were supposed to do. It takes it away. So all that hard work, all that effort, and most importantly, all that sacrifice, it's down the drain. And we don't want that. We don't want that, guys. A lot of people, Archie, man, worked his tail off last week. And I don't know how this man did it, but he was in a plane, I guess, and crack of dawn and the next thing i know he's in houston having a reveal of gender party for his family and he found out yesterday he's having a baby girl and what a blessing let's give it up for archie guys let's honor him this morning that's amazing for him and his wife and, and look and there he is first thing in the morning in a suit suited up let's go i'm ready so if you want to do it it can be done yes is archie exhausted over the weekend heck yeah i've been there done that and i know the feeling right there I know that he's going to sleep really good tonight. I promise you that. Real good. So, but it's what we have to do. It's what we have to do. When we try to make it easy on us, when we try to say, well, this is the reason why I can't do this. This is the reason why I can't come in at this time. And then there's other people taking four day, four weekend, four day weekends off and, and coming in still tired and still with complaining and still with a bad attitude. Well, that's a different story. Which one, which one is going to get farther? My whole post about capital and what we did, but what it took to do that. A lot of people see me and they go, oh, Alex, you're so lucky. And you're at the, you were, you were at the right place and the right time. And man, I guess you hooked up. I'm telling you guys, that is not what happened at all. I put hashtag the true story at the bottom because that's what it takes. A lot of people see me and a lot of people are jealous. Many people are jealous of me. You don't think I know that? It's just... What happens with success, guys? But they're jealous because they want what I have. And then they get angry and start hating me because they're not willing to do what I do to get to where I got to. Who understands that? So just know the reason why I'm telling you this, not because it's for you to focus on me, to know that's what it's going to take for you to get to the next level. That you're going to have literally people not like you and be jealous of you because you are being different. Because you're not being a part of the crowd, because you're not conforming to this world and the patterns of this world that you are transforming. You're saying, yeah, I get it. Everybody else is doing this. I'm going to be different. I'm going to come in earlier. 
I'm going to stay later. I'm going to make more phone calls than everybody. I'm not going to tell the boss I'm doing something when I'm not doing it. And this, I'm talking to salespeople, guys. I'm going to make my calls. I'm not going to make 25 calls. I'm going to make 50 calls. I'm not going to have somebody ask me to do a video. I'm going to do videos on my own because I realize the impact that social media can have on my business and how I can brand myself way better. So guys, this is what it takes. This is what it takes. But the sad reality sometimes is that people are not willing to do that. People are not willing to do that. They want it, but they don't want it. There you go. That's, that's, my, that's my meme for the day, Kobe. They want it. Some people say they want it, but they don't really want it. Because, you know, actions speak louder than words. Who's, who's with me on that this morning? Guys, we are blessed. We are blessed to be here this morning. We are privileged and we are honored. And, and, and I want to see by show of hands who feels grateful this morning, who feels extremely grateful this morning. And I'm going to go to Mike. And Mike, I want you to tell us what, why do you feel grateful this morning? And it doesn't have to be about work, guys. You don't have to tell me what I want to hear about the dealership. It can be anything that you're grateful for this morning. So tell us one thing that comes to mind right now, Mike, that you say, you know what? I am grateful for this. Tell us what it is. For me, it's my daughters. Mm, okay. How many daughters? I have two. Uh, Six-year-old and then one getting ready to turn three in November. Nice. So we have about the same size, uh, same age daughters. My daughter's six and four. So that's amazing. What's her name? Uh, Lena Anaya. Lena. So what is it about your daughters that you're grateful? I get it. You have daughters. I do too. But what is it about them that makes you feel so grateful? Uh, you know, one, one thing that I, uh, that, that I just love is when I come home from work and they're awake, mm. um, my oldest still woke. I can hear her saying, you know, oh, daddy's home. And then she's running around the corner yelling my name, uh, yelling dad. Mm. Uh, I, I wouldn't replace that for anything. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, I, I, I think we all can relate with you on that. And we know the feeling and there is no other feeling like that. But I think just the feeling of having a human being in this world that just loves you unconditionally. And it's always, always happy to see you. Because I might not be happy to see you sometimes, Mike, because you did something wrong, because you didn't, you dropped the ball. I might be dogging uh, uh, Kobe saying, Kobe, you dropped the ball more times than Ezekiel and all this nonsense, right? But his daughters, when they see him, they see perfection. They see love, they see kindness. So that is, that is something definitely to be grateful for. So thanks for sharing that, man. That's amazing. That's amazing. Freddie, you raised your hand, man. What are you grateful for this morning? Just life, Alex. You know, it's, it's been a blessing. Um, a lot of people didn't wake up today. That, that's fact, you know. Uh, just to do what I do and to love what I do, man, I never work a day in my life. So uh, keep going. Keep pushing. I didn't get this far. to only get this far. So I'm excited. Finish the last quarter strong. We're getting the perfect team together. We're building synergy. I can feel it. I can see it. Uh, God is good, man. Man, amen. You know, one of my... She used to be a receptions at Capitol, and then we moved her to the accounting office. And this young lady had a really hard time, you know, just uh, as a single mother. You know, she, I think, got pregnant very young and had her daughter. Uh, her daughter actually came to my daughter's birthday yesterday with someone else. And I was talking to this lady that worked for me, Tammy Jean. I go, Tammy Jean, who is this girl? Her name is uh, Nova, or not, I think it's Nova, or Naiva, Nova, I think it's Nova. 
Yeah, it is Nova. Cause I remember saying, Oh, like a Chevy Nova. When, when Victoria first told me the, the name of her daughter and uh, her mother who is twenty in her twenties is at a hospital right now, guys with brain damage. She went into a hospital to have a second child and had a stroke and got COVID and she's been on a ventilator and she's been struggling and just fighting for her life guys with a husband and a brand new born child and a six-year-old daughter. And I looked into this girl's eyes and you can say, you can just see the sadness and the pain and the hurt. So I'm going to tell you, Freddie's right. Don't complain. Don't have a negative attitude. Because the fact that you got to wake up and you're getting to celebrate life, that's amazing. Every time we go to a restaurant, we go to a lot of fancy restaurants because Ava likes them. Not just call it, I like Ava loves fancy restaurants. I don't know. I, I started doing that when I was, she was young and now it's her thing. And we'll be going to one tonight because it's her birthday. But every time you go to a fancy restaurant, or even not fancy restaurants, but most nice restaurants, they'll ask you, are we celebrating anything today? And I taught my wife this a long time ago. And she says it every time now. She says, yes, we are celebrating something today. And they'll say, what? We're celebrating life. So to your point, Freddie, 1,000%. Every day you should celebrate life. Every day you should thank God that you live in El Paso, that you live in Las Cruces, that you have those two daughters, Mike, that welcome you with open arms every day, that you get to wake up every day, Freddie, that you get to be a part of something amazing, that you're just alive, man. That's, that's enough. That's enough to be grateful for, right? All right, all right. Let's go to a salesperson. Excuse me. Let's go to a manager. I'm sorry. I almost made a big mistake here. Let's go to our manager, Miss Jasmine, and let's see what she's grateful for this morning. Hi, guys. Good morning. Um, well, I'm much like Freddie. I'm, I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for my health. I'm able to wake up every day and, and come and, and make a difference. I'm super grateful for my family because they keep me going. They're the reason why I wake up when I'm extremely exhausted and I've been here for so many hours and I still do it over and over and over for them. Amen. Amen. Jasmine, we're so excited for you. Congratulations on your promotion, guys. In case you didn't know, Jasmine just got promoted. Jasmine was a salesperson just like y'all and she just got promoted because I will promote from within. My entire team at Capital, my entire team at Seguin are people that I've promoted from within. I don't really like to bring people from the outside. A lot of people want to bring all their friends and oh, I want to bring this guy from this place. And I'm a, I'm a believer. At first I had to do that because I didn't know you guys, but hopefully from this point forward, you will work hard. You will prove yourself. Now you have to give me reasons why to promote you. And you have to show me that you really want to learn the process. And Jasmine has done just that. And now she's got an opportunity of her lifetime. And now she's a manager with us. And hopefully one day we'll be on the desk and finance and, learn the business and who knows GSM GM why not sky's the limit I believe in, in women in this industry I believe that they have a lot a lot to offer and, and they come across very professional uh, every time I go to the store at Cadillac Jazz is running not walking running I've never seen her just sitting around she's always with a customer she always has a great attitude and she mentioned something that I think is so important for us to be grateful for our families and not just the fact that we have a family the fact that they support us in this crazy career that we've, cho that we've chosen. Because this is hard on a spouse. This is hard on our children. It's not just us, because we get to bring the bacon. And I struggled with this one for a long time. Where I come in and I, oh, look at me, honey. 
I'm making all this money. You should be grateful. You should be thankful. And I'm, I'm the man and I, I should rest and I should get some, you know, some recognition here. No, man, I tell you what, the, the ones that need the most recognition is our families because without them, we would not be able to do this without their support and understanding of the long hours and everything we do here. There's no way we could do this. Who's with me on that? Raise your hand if you're with me on that. And let's just be grateful for that this morning. Seriously, let's be extremely grateful. So now we got life. We've got being awake, getting to get up, our children, you know, loving us as parents, our spouses, our family, the support. And we're going to go to one more. Andrew, if you would, please unmic yourself or unmute yourself. Excuse me. Don't unmic yourself and tell us what, what do you feel grateful about this morning? Um, honestly, I feel really grateful to be up here in El Paso. I've only been here about a month, so I feel grateful to be at a job that I feel like I could do really well at and excel. Amen, amen. Thank you, Andrew. I love that. I love that. Yeah, being up, being, think about how many jobs there's out there, guys. Where, what are the jobs that you know that you're going to get a meeting like this this morning? Seriously, that you're going to get poured onto about quality of life, about being a good person, about growing about developing, about being disciplined. I don't know of any other job that would do this for you. I really don't. I never had it. I've been in this industry 28 years <laughs> and I never had a GM or a, or a GSM or, or anybody for that matter to really sit there with me and say, hey, this is what it takes to win. This is what you should do. And I know sometimes meetings can be long. Sometimes they're not as positive as others. Some of them are better than others, right? But the reality is, we're, we're, we're doing something good here. We're doing something amazing. So anyway, guys, all right. So listen, thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. All right, guys. So today we're going to do something a little different. Uh, we've got, uh, we got, we're going to do a, a zoom, uh, meeting and we're going to play a video for you guys. And it is from psychology. We've been asking you to do psychology. You know, my process push through a worksheet, coach and offer. Okay. And, and make sure that, and hopefully by now you've mastered that. Hopefully by now, you know how to do that extremely, extremely well. Who feels 100% comfortable pushing everybody to a worksheet? Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Should be all of us, right? By now, we should all feel extremely... Caroline's not raising her hand. So guys, let's get her some help. Oh, there she is. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Everybody should be saying, hey, I know how to push to a worksheet. I know how to go out there and get the customer to give me at least the opportunity to show them some numbers, right? And then when we show the numbers and they say, hey, thank you for everything, Alex. I appreciate you. But like I told you already, I'm not buying today. I still want to look around. I still want to go talk to my wife. I still want to go do this, 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 and that. Go run the New York Marathon. Go, go run the El Paso Marathon, the Las Cruces uh, 10K. And I want to go have some brain surgery. And I want to go take my kids to Disneyland before I make a decision. We're still going to say, hey, well, let me ask you this. In a perfect world, if you could, if you could have it your way, like Burger King, if you if you can make up your own numbers, what would you want those numbers to look like? When it comes to the price, when it comes to the trading, when it comes to the term, when it comes to the payment, when it comes to the down payment, when it comes to the full amount of finance, when it comes to anything in those numbers, what would you like those numbers to look like? To look like what number you like? What number you look like? Okay. And then you get an offer, right? <laughs> you get, I know I've been, I've been watching some videos. <laughs> I've been working on my Vietnamese uh, accent. Cause remember the other day I kind of messed it up. So I'm going to keep working on it. I'll get better at it. So practice makes perfect. Right. But anyway, <laughs> what would you like these numbers to look like? Right. And then we get an offer. So all these things that we train about guys, selecting the right vehicle, 
being a car doctor, right, Jasmine? Asking the right questions. Putting the customer, Albert, on the most basic vehicle from the beginning. Not put them on the, on the Bentley, right? Don't put your customer on the Bentley because then they got a, a Ford Escape budget and it's hard to sell them a car. Doing the, the walk of shame, doing the apology walk. We talked about that last week and being respectful, treating every customer like a millionaire. Unless they're a millionaire, then we're going to treat them like a billionaire, right? And then just asking for a survey every time, asking for referrals, being kind, being transparent, all those things we talked about. So today we all know how to do that. We're going to shift a little bit. We're going to go to psychology. We're going to watch a video. Colby, are you ready? All right, let's go. Hit it, buddy. Please watch this video, guys. We're going to discuss it right after this. Let's see if our computer guy, IT guy knows how to do this. Oh, look at you, Kobe. Welcome to Sales 001. We're studying cellcology, which is the practice of putting sales techniques through psychology or simply selling through psychology. And in selling through psychology, I want to begin by laying a foundation of some principles of psychology that will help you become a more effective salesperson. I'd like to identify for you eight core influencers of buying motives and buying behavior. These were first identified and popularized by Dr. Robert Cialdini in his book titled Influence. I'll give you a brief description of all eight influencers today, and in the subsequent chapters, I'll describe each one in more detail. Before I start, let me ask you a question. I want you to take a minute to remember a recent major purchase that you made what prompted you to buy it? So my guess is you're a bit of a researcher. Your decision to buy was influenced by the principle of social proof, which is one of the eight major influencers of human behaviors. Let's take a look at each influencer individually. I'll start with the influencer of social proof. Social proof is using group or culture to influence an individual. When you use social proof to influence someone, you use the idea of everybody else is doing it, so it must be safe for you to do it too. A simple example of someone using social proof to make a decision is reading consumer reviews before buying a product or using a service. The next principle is obligation and reciprocity. The idea behind obligation reciprocity is using a sense of indebtedness to cause someone to take action. Basically, it's a, if you scratch my back, then I'll scratch yours. Obligation and reciprocity is the idea that I owe you something because of what I received from you. And the more value I perceive or receive, the more obligation to reciprocate I feel. The next one is liking and familiarity. People are influenced by people that they feel are similar to them or they're familiar with. You're more likely to influence someone if he or she can relate to you. Also, when you feel that someone genuinely likes you, you want to do more for them because they like you. Let's keep going. The next core influencer is the behavior of commitment and consistency. This has to do with the idea that some people feel like they have to keep their commitments and their promises. It's important for them to do what they said. They want to feel that if they set out to do something, I should do it and follow through. They want to be viewed as consistent in keeping their commitments. The principle of higher authority is the next one, and it's an idea that an expert in an area will influence others because they are perceived to have more special knowledge or power. 
People who have exclusive information are also perceived as a higher authority and therefore can get more influence over certain people. Scarcity is principle number six. The principle of scarcity is using the fear of loss, the desire to have a limited resource, or the desire to have access to something of value that's not readily available. There are some people who will buy simply because this is the last model or special programs are about to end. Scarcity drives behavior and influences some of your buyers. The contrast principle is number seven on the list. The contrast principle is the essential idea that when two things are compared next to each other, if the first request is considerably larger, the second request is smaller, well then the second request is more likely to be received. But if I ask for something big up front and then ask for something smaller second, then more likely to get the smaller thing compared to the bigger thing. The last principle is the exemption principle. The exemption principle is really the opposite of scarcity. It's a type of reverse psychology because some people believe they're the exception to the rule. So if you tell someone the program will end, their first response is, no, it won't. It'll probably get better. So these are the eight core influencers of behavior. If you think about these principles and your customers, you've probably noticed that some people are influenced by different things. You have to identify which one is the best match. One of my heroes is Tony Robbins, and he says it's easier to know how to influence someone when you already know what influences them. I'll go into each one of these principles in more detail in the next few chapters, and I'll show you how to identify what influences someone. I'll also discuss how to use these principles in your sales process. But before moving on, please do the quiz next. You, you want to run through the quiz? Uh, let's see. Is this? Yeah, go ahead. Let's see. Let me see the question real quick. All right, let's see here, guys. All right, what does it say? Match info. No, so turn it off. We got it. We're good. Okay, let's go back, guys. All right, all right. Who enjoyed that video? All right, I know, I know, I know that Jonathan is a friend of mine and he's a little fancy. Okay, he's more of a like a Kobe guy and they, they use those big words and all that stuff. Okay, and I get it, no problem. Uh, I barely have a GED guy. So if you're like me, you know, I like to keep things a little more simple, but he is amazing. He's an amazing trainer and he's really trying to level us up. Right. So just because you feel like, Hey, this is a little too fancy for me. This is not, might not be for me. I'm telling you, we being a, a Cadillac dealer or, or us being Cadillac, uh, salespeople, we need to level up. We need to work on our vocabulary. We need to work on our mindset and, and understanding the importance of being an influencer. So let's discuss that. Let's unpack that real quick. Uh, who, wh who can by show of hands, tell me, uh, Hey, this is what I got out of that video. Raise your hand, please. And let's, let me, let me ask y'all what you gathered from that video. Hopefully we're not putting you to sleep this morning. Armando, go ahead, buddy. Thank you, by the way. Well, what I got from the video is that there's a lot of influences on, uh, on what's going to motivate a customer to buy. And so you kind of you got to kind of identify what a particular person uh, is going to uh, need from you or what you need to ask of them to be able to put something together. So uh, it's all psychological. It's just which one of those eight points fit into what customer and you recognizing which ones they are and listening to the customer so that you can get that information. 
Beautiful, beautiful. All right, guys. So my, my I like to, again, simplify things, right? So believe it or not, I've been teaching this for a long time, but I, I call it different things. Okay. So what I call it is hot buttons. You need to figure out what are the hot buttons of your customer. And, I've, and so this is no nothing new to me. Like I said, he calls it influences. So you need to find out how can I influence my customer? And the way you do that is by asking the right questions to, to Armando's point, right? So if you go in there and you ask your customers the right questions, like what type of vehicle do you drive now? What do you like about the vehicle that you're driving now? Let's go ahead and write that one down, guys. Let's make some notes. Let's get better, guys. Let's use this hour and really, really take ourselves to the next level. We need to become a culture of a dealership or dealerships that we ask that every single time. Mr. Customer, what type of vehicle do you drive now? And what do you like about the, the vehicle that you drive now? What don't you like about it? What do you like about it? And what don't you like about it? It's very important that we ask that, guys. And I know we talked about it before, but this is how you're going to find out your hot buttons. People like Linda that's been doing this for a long time and have customers that come back, you know, time and time and time again. She gets to know customers and she kind of knows what they like. Because if you think about it, she'll be working a deal and we say, hey, well, let's do this and this with this customer. And she might even tell, I've never been there and seen her do this, but I'm sure, and Mr. Gibson as well, they'll be like, well, you know, I know this customer, I know what they like, and this is how they like doing the things. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about, right? It's because you've, you've developed that relationship. You get to know your customer. You get to know what they like, what influences them. You follow me? You get to know what, what, what tickles them, okay? What triggers them? What makes them feel? You have anything, guys, in your life that tickles you and gets you going and goes, you know what? This makes me feel good. When I see this, this fire, have you ever said, you know what? I'm fired up. I'm fired up right now because whatever it is that happened, it triggers you in a positive way. And that's what we want. So we want to be able to identify, identify what is going to trigger and influence my customer into moving forward into the next step of the decision. You follow me? So we got to become really good at asking the right questions and saying, how would you be using this vehicle? Guys, if you're not asking your customers that, and I know it sounds cheesy and it sounds corny and you're like, well, what do I have to ask my customer how they're going to be using it? That just seems so silly. I'm telling you, you're leaving so much money on the table by not asking that. Mr. Customer, how are you going to be using this vehicle? It's a simple and almost seems stupid question to ask. What do you mean? I'm going to drive this damn car. What do you, how do you think I'm going to use it? I understand, Mr. Customer. What type of use? In other words, business? Would you be traveling in this vehicle for your business? Would you be using it for your business? Are you going to be in a construction site? Or are you going to take trips with your family? Is this going to be a vehicle for recreational purposes? Go out to the mountains and go camping with your family. Is this going to be a vehicle for your wife to take your precious, precious jewels and treasures of your life, your beautiful two daughters, back and forth to school, to gymnastics, to piano lessons, to dance lessons, and perhaps have their friends in the vehicle as well sometimes. And then on the weekends for all of you to jump in this vehicle and go to church and go out to eat afterwards. And then after that, go visit family members in San Antonio or, or in Dimming, New Mexico or in, I don't know, Fort Stockton or Las Cruces or Santa Fe, whatever the case may be. 
because I want to paint this picture in my head. See, when I was selling cars, I would ask these questions and I would paint what I used to call the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa, okay? I think I said it better the second time. And I would really see, okay, what is it going to look like in Lance's life to be in this vehicle? I'm picturing him. I'm picturing his wife. I'm picturing his son in the back. Is he in a car seat? Is he not in a car seat? Does he have a seatbelt on? Does he have a booster chair? Where are they headed to? They're headed to the state fair. They love fried food. They love those rides. They do this every year. It's a big deal for them. It's a family tradition. This man is proud of his cars. He likes safety. He wants his family to be safe. But he also wants to have power. He wants enough, enough power to get on the freeway and enough torque and, 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 and horsepower. And he wants comfort. And he loves technology. He wants to make sure that he has Bluetooth because he's always on the phone. Guys, you have to do these things. If you really want to build value, if you really want to be able to sell somebody a car, you ask this question and you help them picture. Because you see the customer is not going to do that on their own. So as a good salesperson, you need to picture this in your head and then show them the picture. Look. Look, Lance, this is the picture that I painted. This is what it's going to look like. Look, buddy, there's your son in the back with lots of leg room. There's your wife using the, the blind assist because she's not paying attention. She's texting and trying to drink her coffee and do her makeup at the same time. There is, there is all that room in the back for your dog, and you can pull the seat down, and you go and retrievers back there, and like he can you know, have some room when you're taking him to the vet. Man, you see what I'm saying, guys? And now I can truly sell somebody. I can truly sell somebody properly. And then if I ask these questions, doesn't it make me a way better salesperson that I took the time to ask all these questions? You guys think that we can just go out there and go, what if we can do this, sir? Well, what if we can do 500? What if we can do 100? What if we can do it with no money down? What if we can? Man, that is the what if closest, and those are terrible. Those are terrible. What if I can find the right vehicle for you, sir? What if I took the time to really ask you the right questions so that I can do a professional job picking the right vehicle for you? Do you want to know when people are willing to pay you all the money? I mean, and right now, maybe you're running great grosses, but don't take too much credit for that, guys. Because the worst salespeople in the world right now are running great grosses. It's not because of us. It's because of the supply and the demand. People don't have a choice. But eventually, we're going to go back to normal things. And the only people that are going to be able to maintain this grocery, which I hope now that you got a taste of it, now that you've got a taste of what it's like to make a $5,000 deal on the front and a $5,000 deal on the back, hopefully, hopefully, if you're like me, I'm like, whoa, this actually can be done. People will pay profit. But it's not just because they had no choice. Now I got to figure out how do I maintain that gross, that profit on the front and the back, even when I have a lot full of cars. And one of the ways to do that is to become a master. Let me tell you something, a master. Listen to me, guys. At selecting the right vehicle. Now, let me tell you something. When I say that, in your mind, you're thinking, okay, so I got to make sure 
that I select the right vehicle for my customer, that my customer gets what they like. That's not necessarily the truth. That's not necessarily the truth. What I mean by that is that you're able to prescribe a vehicle, even it might not be what they're looking for. It may not be what they came in asking for, but you have such experience and you took the time to ask the right questions and envision in your head and you painted the Mona Lisa and then you showed them the picture and said, hey, this is what I envisioned. I'm not trying to tell you how to spend your money, sir. Ma'am, folks, amazing people here. But this is what I think would be the perfect vehicle for you and your family, for what you're looking for, for your needs and for your budget and for what you're trying to accomplish. So I want to share it with you. And I hope you're just as excited as I am. And then you go out there and you go, bam, bam, boom, 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 bam, bam. Kind of like those videos that Julian makes, right, on, on, for this app. Boom, pow, 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 all this amazing, right? You go out there like Batman, man, just knocking people out. And then the salesperson and the customer says, you know what, Mr. Gibson? Wow. Wow. I didn't come looking for that. I didn't even think about that. But thank you for being a professional. Thank you for understanding what's going to influence me. Back to the video. Thank you for knowing what's going to influence me to understand that this is what I need and what I should be looking for. And I thank you. And because you did such a great job doing that, because now I thought I was going to have to come in because you don't necessarily have to set. They come in here saying, I need to spend a hundred thousand. Imagine. Okay. Have you ever noticed this? They say my budget is 50,000, but they look at $70,000 cars. Raise your hand. If you know what I'm talking about, I want it. I want a $50,000 payment, but I'm going to look at $70,000 cars. And we struggle with this every single day. True or false, true or false. So what if we became car doctors and we asked the right questions like, what do you drive now? What do you like about your vehicle? If you could change anything about the present vehicle, about present situation, what would that be? And then you come up with the perfect plan, the perfect presentation, the perfect proposal, the perfect vehicle, and then you sell the shit out of it. Excuse my French. You sell the crap out of it. You go out there with excitement. You go out there with enthusiasm. You go out there with, hey, this is, I got the perfect vehicle for you, Mr. Gibson. You're not going to believe this. I know you came in looking for this, this, that, but look, I, I found a vehicle that not only is it going to be good for you and it has everything you're looking for, but sir, look at this. It's, and it's even more affordable. Don't you think that salespeople think that they're going to come in here looking for, why do you think, by the way, and, I, and this is going back to what I was just going to ask you. Why do you think that when we ask a customer how much you want to spend, they always spend lower? Because they know. They know we're going to charge them more and try to get them to spend more money. Raise your hand if you agree with me on that. They think that. They literally think that. So imagine if you hit them with some reverse psychology. Imagine if you hit them with some matrix move on them. That they came in, how much do you want to spend? Well, I want to spend 50, but in reality, they know I'll go up to 60 if I have to. But then they leave there in a $40,000 car, lower than what they came in here expecting for, and happy with everything that they came in here looking for. And you sold it for sticker, and they're happy, and they have no problem with that, and they send you lots of customers. Who believes that's possible, and it ha it's happened to you before? That's what we have to master, ladies and gentlemen. I hope and pray to God that you don't come in today thinking, hey, I know it all. I don't need to hear any of this. Let me get on my phone. Let me get on Facebook. 
let me get on Instagram. This is just a waste of my damn time. I'm going to rob my head. I'm sitting here like, oh, man, this sucks. What am I doing? Guys, wake up. A lot of you guys didn't sell 15 cars last month. And you coming in tired this morning. You coming in hungover. Man, I had a long day. Birthday parties are exhausting. If in case you haven't had, I'm sure a lot of you guys have. Had a little birthday party for your kids. Oh, MG. I mean, it starts at 6 a.m. and it doesn't end until 10 p.m. And it's just clean up and pull up and get up and set up. And oh, my. And then you have to host when people are here. And then the next day you go to work and you're like, oh, my gosh, I am exhausted. I feel that this morning. But you know what? I got to do it. I got to do it. I got no I got no option. I got to stand up. I got to sit up. I can't be like, oh, oh, man. Oh, with that attitude, you can't sell cars, ladies and gentlemen. I got to sit up. I got to sit up. I got to be ready. I got to go. Who are we? Guys, who are we? Who are we? Ah, that's right, Julian. I love it, man. I got to be ready. I got to be ready to go. I got to make some calls today. I got to get it going. I don't care if I'm tired. I don't care if I don't feel like it. I don't care if I'm crapped out. I got to change my attitude and go make it happen. So, guys, influencing people the right way makes the big difference. Lance, what what's your take on this, man? No, I agree 100%. I mean, the number one thing when it comes to selling a car is they got to know, like, and trust the salesperson. My wife gives me a hard time all the time because one one thing gets fire, gets me fired up is good customer service. So, you know, she took advantage of us moving here to uh, find an opportunity to upgrade our furniture. So yesterday, we're at a few different furniture places. She gives me a hard time. She goes, man you're the easiest person to sell. If somebody treats you right, you just lay down for them. You're just like, I don't care. It's a $4,000 couch. I got to have it because man, I know it's going to last long. It's going to be good quality. It's going to hold up because you get that great customer service. No different than coming into buying a car. You know, we got to roll that red carpet out, get that customer excited, paint that mental picture. And how is that vehicle going to better their life? All of a sudden they come in saying, man, I got to have this car because this is going to upgrade my lifestyle, regardless if it's a $5,000 car or $125,000 Escalade, they're upgrading their lifestyle. Alex, I think you're on mute. Yeah, I think you're muted. Okay, well, Kobe did that, guys, so I didn't do it, okay? He's trying to be funny. I said, great job, Lance. Thank you very much. And I appreciate that. And you're so right. And Albert, you're a manager. You go out there and you turn customers around from wanting to leave, from saying, hey, I don't want to do this deal. I think I'm just going to go look somewhere else. Let me go think about it. You go out there and you influence them in some way or another to stay and buy the car. What are some of the ways, some of the techniques that you use or things that you ask or how do you get these customers? Because if I was a salesperson, I would be like, how the heck did he do that? These people were leaving and now they want to stay or Archie takes a turn or my campus takes a turn or anybody out there goes out there. And next thing you know, my customers are staying and wanted to buy a car. I, as a salesperson, I want to know how did you do it? Because you might not be around next time and I want to learn how to do it. So what are some of the things you do? What are some of the things you say? How's your demeanor, your attitude? How do you guys, how do you get a customer to calm down, slow down, stay and buy? How do you do that, man? That's like magic. I want to know the secret. Well, first, uh, sir, good morning. Um, one of the things I, I like to do when I go out for a, a TO where the customer is leaving or they're upset is I always apologize. <clears throat> I always apologize because um, we failed. And then uh, I always tell them, you know, I apologize that 
that you're leaving like this. Um, and then I start talking about something else. I talk something. I don't even talk about the car. Right. I just tell them, you know, what do you do? And then go into there. And then, then I find common ground. And then, then I slow them down that way. I slow, I find common ground. I slow them down. Then now it's not a business um, transaction. Now it's a little bit more personal with the customer. Cause now I know what they do. I said hi to their family, how many kids do you have, boys and girls. And then once 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 they, you know, it's their deposits, right? And earning their trust. And once I do that, then I go back into the business. And well, let me tell you what what did we do wrong where you're not taking the car today? What can we do to make you take to you know turn your business today? And that's Robert, you know what I do. No, that's that's amazing. And sorry to interrupt you, but you you said something, but you haven't said it. So don't don't mute yourself because we're gonna have a conversation, buddy. Don't don't run away. Don't get nervous. So you you said something without actually saying it. But am I hearing you correct with all the things that you said? Because I like to listen to people. What makes a great salesperson is we hear for those clues, like blues clues, and something that triggers us and say, This is what my customer's trying to tell me. This is what Albert's trying to say. He hasn't said it. But did I hear you correct when you said I go out there, I empathize, and I get to know the customer better in order to sell them. See, you can't sell a customer without getting to know them better. And that's, I think, one mistake that we've made. And we talked about this. We had Kobe has it on podcast, and this is going to go on podcast too because I think it's a good one. But we talked about building relationships. Building relationships. I had this rule, guys. I had this rule when I saw cars. Listen up. That when I went on a test drive and I went through and all my test drives, because I had no choice, when I on my test drives, my goal was to get in a car, we go for a drive. I take them to this church. <laughs> there was a church on this road called Old Settlers. And they didn't know it was a church, but I knew it was a church. And we pull in the church and I go, hey, pull in this little parking lot right here. It's a small church. And I said, it's still there, by the way. I'm going to take a picture, send it to you all sometime. But I said, hey, pull in here, sir. And it was always empty. Because obviously, unless it was Sunday, I'm sure it was, you know, people there. But it was always empty, the parking lot. I said, pull in there. And I would make them, like, do check out the turning ratio on the car, right? And then also back up the car, the reverse, the, the you know, how easy it is. Back then, we didn't have backup cameras. But you can still, like, put it in reverse. Let's see how easy it is to reverse. And then parking, I would make them practice. And then I would make them switch. So if I had a husband and a wife, this was a rule number one for me. And I don't think I've ever touched this with you guys. But I did this every time. I would say, Mr. Julian, I know this vehicle's for your wife, Linda. But would you do me a favor? Would you drive it back to the dealership? Oh, no, 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 Alex, I don't need to do that. The car's for her. Don't worry about it. It's for her. No, no, no. Mr. Julian, I insist. Please, we need your input and your feedback and your opinion. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to show you how to be successful in this business and how to be amazing, how to be like Tom Brady. This is some Tom Brady shit right there. So write it down. So, Mr. Customer, we need your input. We need your opinion and we need your feedback. And he's going to he's going to fight you. He's going to fight you. He's not going to want to do it. She's not going to want to do it. But let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, by you doing this, trust me when I tell you. You will win this person over and they will help you close your damn deal, guys. I'm going to break this glass right now because I'm so fired up because I cannot believe that I haven't shared that with you all yet. 
Because that's some shit that I just got to store in my head because I've been doing it for so long and I used to do it every single time. And then I would sit in that church and as they were switching, I would say, God, I can't sell this car without you. So I need you to be there with me when it's time to ask for the business. Don't let me get scared. Don't let me get nervous. Don't let me believe what they're telling me. And still ask for the business and keep pushing forward. And I sold the car every single time. And this is how I sold 36 cars a month, every single month. Every single month, 36 cars in three weeks. That's insane, guys. Even in, in today's day, I don't care. There's the Frank Trinidis and the Ali Ritas and, and all the pinnacle people and everything. That's great. I love all those kids. But it's a lot easier today than it was back then. And back then, selling 36 cars in three weeks, I guarantee you, was almost as good as selling 60 cars today. I guarantee you that. Do you agree or disagree, Colby? Because it was a lot harder back then. We didn't have internet. We didn't have websites. We didn't have backup cameras. We didn't have technology. We had managers that were assholes, for lack of better words. And they treated you like crap. And they didn't want to work a deal. And if you don't have enough commitment, you weren't getting a price. And if you didn't have this, you wouldn't get nothing. And the finance managers were like sharks. And the process was terrible. And it was so hard to get people to still stay because the process was horrible. And the culture was horrible. And there was negativity. And there was sharks. And people were skating you. It was harder. It was like swimming in a swim pool, swimming pool full of sharks and still being successful, still staying positive, still following the process, still being a lion and not a sheep. Who's with me on this, guys? Who's with me on this? So if you go out there and you say, Mr. Customer, do me a favor. So find, let me ask you this. Here's a good one. Do you have a set, a set demo ride uh, uh, what am I trying to say here, Kobe? I lost, I'm, I'm lost of words here. Route. Route, there you go. Do you have a set pre-planned? And let me tell you what you need to have on your demo route. Ready? Because I did. You need to have bumps. You need to have potholes. You need to have a little freeway speed, guys. Merging into traffic. Come on. Come on. Come on. Can I keep it 100 with you? Because if you're not doing all those things, because when you go over the potholes, what are you going to say? Did you feel that? No. That's my point. That's my point. The suspension, sir. You're not supposed to feel that. We just went over the biggest pothole in, in, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We just went over the new, the biggest pothole in El Paso, Texas. Hey, did you see how easy you were able to merge into I-10? How was the visibility, sir? Were you able to see the vehicles uh, uh, next to you? How did that feel? Did, did you feel the transmission shift in there? How, how does it feel going... Can you even tell we're going 70 miles per hour? So no, man, it feels like we're going 50. That's right. How quiet is this vehicle? Turn the radio off, turn the AC off and say, sir, listen, can you hear anything? No, that's how well insulated this vehicle is. Guys, that is building value. Got all these perpetrators in this business, all these wannabes that act like they got it all figured out and they don't know any of this stuff. None of it. Who's with me on this? Who's with me on this, guys? Who wants to take it to the next level? Who really, really wants to say, you know what? I'm ready, Alex. I'm ready to sell 50 cars a month. I'm ready to sell 40. The hell with 15. The hell with 20. I'm ready to sell 30, 40, 50 cars a month, make 250, $300,000 a year selling cars. Now what? Who is it? No, go away. I'm busy. Sorry, guys. Okay, I'm ready to sell, okay? I'm ready to take it to next. And then my dream would be, let me tell you something. If you're doing it right, listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a good one. If you're doing it right <laughs> and you learn how to master how to sell cars and you're killing it and you're doing all these things, when I come and ask you to be a manager, 
you should tell me. Let me think about it, Alex, because I'm doing so amazing. It should be like I have to convince you. Not that you're sitting there waiting for it because it's going to make you more money. And now you get to do this. And maybe in your mind, you get to relax. And now you arrived. And now, no, no, no. You know what, Aflo? I appreciate you, man. And I'm honored that you that you picked me. And I can't thank you enough. But let me let me think about that, man, because I'm making 300000 a year. That would be, let me tell you something. If it's not a pay cut, when you get promoted, I don't care what position it is, you're not doing it right. Can I get an amen, guys? Come on. Can I be real with you? Because a lot of people think, oh, I'm getting promoted. Then I need to make more money. How much am I going to make now? Am I going to make more? No, man. It should be a pay cut every time. It should be a pay cut. It's been for me. When I finally became a manager, I went from making $20,000 $20, a month, twenty five dollars back then, which is a lot of money, to making $8,000 a month. $8,000 a month. That's a new car manager. That's crazy. And I had to be like, man, I don't know if I can do this. I, talk, I went home, talked to my wife. I said, babe, I'm going to take a pay cut. But it makes sense. I'm telling you, it's going to be good in the future. You got to take a step backwards. But I'm going to work my way up. And I will make not just what I used to make, but even more. It might take me a year. It might take me longer. Who knows? But I'm willing to do it. But nowadays, we live in a society that, oh, wait a minute. I'm a manager now? I'm a promote. Oh, well, am I going to make more? Sometimes you got to sacrifice. You understand what I'm saying? So let's all have the right mindset. Guys, listen to me and learn how to master this. And I promise you good things are going to happen for you. Okay. All right. I want to go over a couple of things with you all real quick. And that way I can let you guys go. We got 26 selling days this month. Did we say 26 or 23? I think it was 23. Wasn't it, Colby? Or was it 26? No, it was 23. It was a short month. 23 selling days. And we said we have five Saturdays, guys. We're off to a good start. Who sold two cars on Saturday? Let me see by show of hands who sold two cars on Saturday. I see Julian. I see Daniel. Good job. Good job, guys. Amazing. I think Mike Chavez sold two. Is that him in the front? My, 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 yeah, there he is. Boom. My man, Mikey. Good job. 26, 23 with, okay. So it is 23 days off, 23 selling days, guys. We got five Saturdays. We went through one Saturday. Guys, who still has the mindset of, hey, I'm going to sell 15 cars or more this month? It's October. It's not supposed to be a better month than, than August, but we're raising the bar. We're raising the standards. Okay. So please, please, please. I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to have you write this down. So you don't forget, okay? Listen to me, guys. Keep following the steps to the process. Number one, if you really want to sell 15, this is what you have to do, okay? Follow the steps of the process every single time. And when I say this, I mean pushing to a worksheet, doing a demo, doing a service walk. Start doing that, guys. Try it this week and see what happens. I promise you do a service walk, you're selling a car. Trust me on this. Trust me on this. I promise you do a service walk, you close your customers on the first pencil. Las Cruces is so easy to do it. Even, even, even uh, El Paso, it's right there. Just say, hey, it's our service department. Welcome to the waiting area. Say, here's where you're going to be waiting for your service. By the way, if it's, if it's a GM product or a new vehicle, you get two oil chains for life. You know, as long as you own the vehicle, you do all that. You do the sole line. You do all those things. Follow the process. You're going to sell a car. Your closing ratio is going to go up. Your per copy is going to go up. It's a win, 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 win situation. Okay, number two, stay off the price on the lot. Stop talking price on the lot, guys. That's an old school saying, and we've been saying it for decades now since I've been in this business, but it's always going to hurt you. Try to avoid price on the lot. Now, I'm not saying you hide it and you don't answer a question, but try to avoid it at all costs. You know, Jackie B. Cooper, uh, which is an old, man, this guy's old school, guys. This I'm talking like 1980s. Some of you guys weren't even born, I'm sure, in the 80s. But in the 80s, there was a trainer. He was like the grand cardone of car sales. 
And he was super old school. And one clothes that I learned from him went, went a little something like this. Okay. The customer asked, so what's your best prize, Alex? And Jackie B. Cooper would answer. Alex Flores would answer because I had the I had the cassette set. My general manager gave it to me, and I and I learned I listened to every cassette and mastered it. And Jackie B. Cooper would say, Alex Flores would say, "Well, Mr. Campos, Mr. Mike Campos, hey, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you so much. That is such a great compliment that you would think that I'm such a great salesperson, but the reality is I'm not that good. And what I mean by that, Mike." There is no way that I'm as good as you think, meaning that I could just sell you this car by telling you the price without you knowing the features and the benefits and some of the features that are blind, that are, that are not so obvious to the naked eye. So let's do me a favor. Let me show you all the features and all the benefits and everything this vehicle has to offer, okay, without getting involved in price to make sure that if this vehicle fits, fits your needs. Is that fair enough? That's an old school saying right there. That's an old, is that fair enough, folks? Is that fair enough? Hey, but that shit works. True or false, Donald? True or false? Folks, is that fair enough? We use that shit for years now. <laughs> folks, is that fair enough? Well, not really, but I guess it is kind of fair. <laughs> Love it, man. I, but say it takes practice. So if you go out there and you're trying to sell somebody, you don't know how to say stuff like this. Man, you're going to get your butt whooped. Okay? All right. So stay off the price. All right. Number three, closing the sale, guys. You got to get better at closing the sale. And how do I do that? I got to learn new closes. Archie, Long Team, Lancy, Albert, Armando, Freddie, David, Jim, Rachel, get your people to know how to overcome objections and close more deals. Teach them. Daniel, come on, man. Come on, man. What are you doing, bro? Mr. Campos, come on. Come on, Jesse. Teach your people how to close more deals. Don't go out there and do it for them. Don't go out there and do them. Jesus said, I'm not going to fish for you, but I'll show you how to be a fisher of men. Come with me and I'll show you. Mexican word of the day. Tissue, like a tissue. Hey, man, if you don't know how to close, don't worry, man, I'll teach you, okay? So make sure that you're teaching your people, man. Come on. Please teach your people, guys. You like that, Julian? <laughs> That's good, isn't it? I got a lot of Mexican words of the day, by the way, so some of them not very appropriate, but I'll give you one more. Why not? Why not? I'll give you one. Mexican word of the day, chicken wing. I love chicken wings, guys. Who loves chicken wings? Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, well, here it is. Hey, man, my mom plays the lottery all the time, but chicken wing, man. Anyway, all right, all right, let's go. So, <laughs> so let's, get, let's get back to this list, okay? So we got to close the sale. We got to get better at closing the sale. 80% of our sales are made after the fifth closing attempt. So sometimes we give up too easy. Can, can, can we all say yes on that? That we give up too easy? We're supposed to, oh, no, I'm not ready. Okay, well, let me get my manager to say bye. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. Hang on, sir. Let's go over everything we discussed. Let's make sure that I haven't dropped the ball. Let's make sure that we see what can we do. 75% of your salespeople only know one closing question. Ha! And 75% of the time, they only try to close one time. Wow. 
Wow, Archie, did you hear that, Archie? Did you hear that gem I just dropped on you, bro? 75% of your salespeople, Lance, of your salespeople, Armando, of your salespeople, Albert, only know one closing question. What's it going to take, folks? So what you're saying is, well, what if we can, <laughs> folks, we got to get better at closing. We got 75%. Now, there's 25% in your sales, in your sales staff which is quite a bit with the amount of sales we have. So you got six, seven people that know how to close and know how to overcome objections and know how to say, well, Mr. Customer, let me ask you this. When was the last time your wife called you from the grocery store and said, hey, can I get this bag of chips? She got the bag of chips. So why are we even calling your wife? Just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just kidding. Just kidding. That's not a good one. Mr. Customer, how long you've been married? You've been married 10 years. Perfect. There's a reason why you've been married 10 years. Mr. Gibson, you've been married for 30 years, 40 years. The reason why you've been married so long, sir, is because you are an amazing husband, a husband who's va who values the opinion of your lady, of your lovely lady. So you wanted to check with your wife makes perfect sense to me, makes perfect sense and 100% sense to me. So let me ask you, Mr. Gibson, if your wife told you, do not buy this car, Brian, are you going to buy the car? Well, of course I wouldn't, Alex. Perfect. Now that we've established that you wouldn't buy your car without your wife's approval, which I wouldn't blame you because that's why it makes you such a great husband and been married for so long. Let me ask you this, Mr. Gibson. What do you think your wife will say no to? The price, the payment, the trading value, the money down, the term of the vehicle. The, the, what is it that you think your wife will say no to? And he's going to say, well, she'll definitely say no to this trading. And she will certainly won't go for that payment. There's no way. And we can't put that much money down. Well, what do you think your wife will feel comfortable with? Well, I think she'll feel comfortable with X, Y, Z. Oh, oh, okay. Well, let me ask you this, sir. Assuming I can get my manager to work with us, assuming I can make some calls for you on your trading and see, see what else we can do for you. If I can get you X, Y, Z, and B, do you think we can get your wife to say yes? Yeah, I think she would say yes. Well, let me go see what I can do. But before I do that, would you give me an issue right here by your proposal, by your, by your commitment so I can go to my manager and tell them that this came from you and your wife? Who likes that? Who likes that? Imagine if you can do that every time. Imagine if you can master that, guys. Too many perpetrators, too many wannabes, too many, hey, I got the business figured out. I got the, I got the notes. I can do a commercial like Alex. Let me get a soccer player to jump over a truck and do a little, you know, kick in the showroom floor. And we got this. It's on. No, man, takes more than that. Takes more than that. Takes, takes practice, practice, practice. All right. Handling objections. You got to get better at handling, handling objections. Salespeople most, most of the time only have one method to handle almost every objection they get. Drop the price. Hey, I want this. I want that. They have the same method every time. Come up with different methods to overcome objections. And it's going to work tremendously for you. Okay. Setting up negotiation properly. Setting up negotiation properly. That's another one. Okay. Just the opposite. Okay. They began the negotiation on the lot. Okay. You don't want to do that. Okay. By the time you, you get to write up the prospect, they already given away gross. You don't want to do that. Okay, do it the right way, guys. Do it the right way. Set up your negotiation properly. We talked about how to some of the ways that we can do that. All right, you got to follow the negotiation process. That makes a lot of sense as well. Okay, so know what is my negotiation process? When should I be negotiating with the customer? When should I be talking about their trading and the price? When the customer asks me on the live, well, how much can you give me from your trade? I don't know where the question I don't go, well, sir, I can't tell you that. I'm not in the liberty to tell you that. Only my use commander can tell you that because he's got 35 years of experience and I just can't do that because if I say that, I might get fired. I might get in trouble and they might get me in a lot of heat and I don't want to do that, sir. So I'm not going to tell you that. No, I'm not going to say that. 
What I'm going to say is say this. I say, Lance, hey, I understand your concern with your vehicle. And I wouldn't expect you to sell us your vehicle unless we gave you top dollar for it. And I've yet seen us miss a deal over trading value. So let's do this, Lance. Let's get as much information as we can on your vehicle and a great description as well as a great walk around. Tell me everything you know about this vehicle so that I can put it on the computer and take, take some pictures of your vehicle. And I promise you I'm going to go to bat for you and get you the most for it. Who likes that? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Who likes that? Don't you think that's better? Guys, we got to become better at negotiating. We got to become better at handling objections. We got to get better at setting up our negotiations properly. Okay. And then you got to deliver the vehicle properly. You got to deliver the vehicle properly. We got to do that, guys. We have to do that. We're missing the boat on that. We're saying, hey, see your car, see your key, see you later. Next. Let me go to the next one. If you're not taking at least 30 minutes. in the car that you're doing it wrong. Tell me that you got too many customers and that's why you're not doing it. Because let me tell you something. Shannon Brady at Charles Mont Toyota sells 40 to 50 cars a month. He will sell nine to 10 on a Saturday. I've worked with this man for over 20 years, over two decades. He moves slow and sells a lot of cars. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. He has more referrals than I've ever seen in my life. He writes a thank you card with his hand every day to every customer he sells a car to. He has all his plates and everything ready. He makes more appointments than I've ever seen anybody do. Okay. He's been recommended by the car guy and the radio station saying, this is the guy you want to go buy a car from. He has more reviews. Look him up. Charles Montoyota. Charles Montoyota, Austin, Texas. Shannon Brady is his name, like the Brady Bunch. Okay. And he takes an hour and a half to deliver each car that he sells. And guess what? It makes a lasting impression. And customers come back and ask for him because they remember that he was willing to do that. As busy as he is selling as many cars as he does, he takes the time to him. He tells me, Alex, that is probably one of the most important things in my process, that I take the time to do a proper delivery. Who, who agrees with me on that? All right. Last but not least, we talked about following up with unsold prospects. Following up with unsold prospects, do that and you sell a lot of cars. Do that and you sell a lot of cars. We talked about that last week, okay? That we need to do that, that we need to make sure that we follow up. Managers, please train your people. Salespeople get almost no initial training. We got to stop that, Lance. We got to have a plan. And hey, who's training all the? We got a lot of new people. Who's training these people? Who sat down with them besides the Zoom call, which is a lot, by the way? It's more than most. You are getting most, by the way. So don't say, hey, I'm not getting any training because this is training right here. You are getting some training, but you should get more. So we need to get an initial training for all the new people, okay? They almost don't get any daily ongoing training. They should be getting a daily ongoing training. They should. They never get uh, no, no daily sales activity management. Somebody needs to talk to the salespeople daily, uh, Archie and, and Lance and David and, and Colby and Freddie, about their daily activities. We got to manage that. How many calls have you made? Did you finish your open task? How many videos had you sent? How many phone calls? How many appointments have you made? All these things need to be managed. Okay? We have to have requirements on what to do every single day. Every single day, we all need to have requirements of what is expected from us every single day. We need to have clear goals for the day, for the week, for the month, and for the year. Listen to me. We got to have clear goals. Everybody, everybody on this call, from every position, including sales, needs to have clear goals for the day. So for today, what is your goal for today? I want to ask you that. 
seriously, what is your goal for besides, oh, I'm just going to work hard and do good and do everything I can and be grateful. Yeah, that's good. But you need to have a clear goal. This is what I need to achieve today. Today, this needs to happen. And then for the week, what is your goal for this week that you need to accomplish? And then for the month and then for the year. We don't have any minimum minimum uh, unit or gross requirements, but we should, Lance. We should have managers, listen to me, we should have a minimum units and minimum gross required from every salesperson. It's called sales, guys. You can't show up to a sales team and not perform and still hang out and still be okay with it. Who agrees with me on that? And I'm, and I'm saying this in front of our salespeople so they, don't, they, don't, they know this is what I'm telling you. So they know that, hey, I'm not trying to hide anything. It's the way you should be. If that's the way, and that's why I want those boards in the offices. So I'm, I'm coming in on Wednesday, guys. Those boards better be in those offices with everything that I asked for. I want an employee number that's going to be their gross for the month. I want goals for the month, their previous month, how many they got sold. I want access on it. I want to know who's on top of the board. And the way you do it, you, you do it from last month's performance. And that's how the, the order that should be from top to bottom. And then the, the bottom five are going to be in red. The bottom five salespeople will be in red marker so that we know we need to help these people. We need to help try to save them and make sure that they turn it around because we don't want them to have two, two bad months in a row. All right, guys, listen, I appreciate you guys. Who's excited to be here? Who's blessed to be here? Honored to be here. Who's going to go make it happen today? I know Las Cruces is going to go kill it. You guys did amazing. Hey, guys, let's give it up for Las Cruces for last Saturday. They did an amazing job. And, guys, we've been getting some good reviews over there. You guys saw 29 cars. The culture is great. Everybody's been held accountable. I, I hope you guys understand that anything that we do, whether it's holding you accountable, making sure that we're they're creating this culture of good customer service, a great experience, people being professional, people respecting one another, putting the right people in the right places. We're going to do some shifting again, guys. We're going to change some stuff again. Just embrace the changes, embrace the shifting, because all we're trying to do is Put the right people on the right seats. Put the right people in the right positions so that we can keep growing, excelling. We got to have the right people on the team. We got to have people with the same vision as me, with the same vision as Lance, with the same vision as Raymond, as Archie, as Albert, as everybody that's a part of this team. All of us, guys, we cannot be negative. I don't want to hear ever again that the salesperson that came to work for us that told me, send me a text that I shared with all the managers saying, Salespeople and managers were crapping me out about this place. Guys, come on. That, that needs to go away. That needs to go away. It never can be like that. We just talked about how grateful we are. Remember that it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to do it. So please, let's, let's say what we are and are what we say, and then we're going to get to the next level. We need 50 cars, 50 cars, guys, this week, between now and, 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 and Saturday morning. 50 cars. If we can just do that, we're going to get to the goal. So Lance, put a goal of 50 divided by the days, put it in the sales office where everybody can see it. And every day you're going to mark up and you say, okay, we're on track. We're on track. We need to push harder. 50 cars, BDC guys, we need you. Sales managers, we need to keep buying cars. Don't let that inventory get low. Okay. Salespeople have a great day. We love you guys. Guys, let's give it up for our salespeople that work hard every day. You guys go get it. Go have a great week. We'll see you on Friday. You guys are amazing. And uh, we're here to support you and help you in any way we can. Please come and see us. We're not going to pass. <laughs>